Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Screen Heroes. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Screen Heroes podcast. I am your host, Derek, and I have with me my two longtime lovely co-hosts, Ryan and Ray. Hey. Hey, hey. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 253. This week, our main topic is Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, available now on Netflix. But before that, Ray, what's up? Not much. What's up with you? I thought you had some stuff you wanted to cover. Oh my god! Like I thought you were gonna like say other shit first. My bad. Okay. So you're so... gonna have a smoother transition than Hey Ray, what's up? I, I thought yeah, that was right? smooth. Like... We've only done this 250 something times. Oh my god! <laughs> I was totally gonna troll you and be like, "Big news, guys! J Lo and Ben Affleck are back together." <laughs> like, is that true? It is, yeah. Another they chance. they both uh, took the backslide, and wow. you know, ten bucks says that in a year they're either uh, like married or you know, and you know, ten days they'll be completely broken up. But whatever, probably. <laughs> That's not the kind of stuff we do here. I was just wanting to fuck with my husband. Um, do that on yeah. your own time. <laughs> You guys have no idea how difficult it is to lock Ryan down for something like hmm? he he makes it. I'm talking to the listeners now, not really oh. to YouTube, but, you know, he Ryan's time is very important to him. <laughs> That's right. I only <laughs> want to talk business on this podcast. <laughs> it's been that way for 250 episodes. If you are a frequent listener, you know, I'm all yes. business. I wonder if there's anybody out there who's listened to every episode. I hope not for the love of God. If if you're out there, I apologize and go do something outside, please. I really feel like you should skip the first season. (laughs) Yeah, for several seasons is probably good. We're like a Star Trek show. It takes some time to really get going, you know, find our footing. Or, you know, most shows. <laughs> yeah, almost every show. Well, if you have listened to every episode, you should let us know, because I would like to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and ask I... when you are getting a job and, like, hopefully that you're doing better in life wow. nowadays. 
it's hurtful. I mean, you got to figure that's close to 300 hours of content. So. Yeah. Yeah. I like, we only do this once a week. If you, if you commute, you know, I listen to podcasts like that. Not ours, of course, cause I'm on it, but other people's, you know. Yeah. On your long commute to your office that I used to have before the pandemic. Yeah. It was an hour commute. So I would listen to a podcast episode about once a day. Okay. So what are we going to talk about, Ray? Are we going to talk about stuff? So uh, the Eternals, (laughs) we got our first kind of, well, it's not our first look. Uh, We had that already at the Marvel compilation thing that they released. Uh, This is a trailer and it's three minutes. It's called a teaser, but like I, feel like three minutes is a good trailer so uh there's a lot of fun little easter eggs and uh really cool uh i guess cinematography in there so um i am happy to explain to anybody what the eternals are all about but before i do that what are your guys's opinions on it I think it's pretty funny when a trailer like this comes out because you get to see the real dichotomy of the internet. Mm-hmm. You get the people that are like, this trailer didn't show anything. How am I supposed to care about this? And then you get the people that are like, oh man, this trailer didn't show anything. That makes me so pumped. I don't know anything going into this movie. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so no matter what they do, it's like they can't win. You know? Yeah. It's kind of always like that. It's usually on the DC side, but it's more funny. Now. It's more funny to me when it's on the marvel side because you know they're kind of winning that war but as far as the actual trailer goes it was fine it didn't really like get me pumped or anything but um the cinematography was really gorgeous lots of what seemed to be natural lighting which is interesting but from what i understand it's it's a staple of that particular director um they didn't tack a task they didn't tack on the words oscar winning which i think was interesting because i think she won an oscar now Chloe Zhao was uh, the first Asian American to win the uh, uh, best director Oscar. Best director, and she's only like the second or the third woman. Yeah, that's why I was so surprised they didn't tack on, you know, uh, Oscar-winning. They really uh, didn't touch the director at all in this. No, which is funny because you would think they would. Yeah. Well, but historically, Marvel hasn't really done that with any of their casting no but she's fresh off of an oscar win like that's why i thought it would be that way but it's not yeah yeah but yeah i liked i I liked what i saw i mean it you know we get all the people that are like uh you know where were these guys when thanos was around and i made that joke you know a few times but if you've like followed any of the eternals comics they're they're, they were like inactive for a long time and didn't know i don't know the exact story of what i read they've been inactive and like didn't know they were you know they had these powers and stuff for a long time and then something happened and it made them wake up and realize that they have these powers and they regathered to fight some other force um and so if that's going on in the marvel universe that's the perfect way to to do this but they can only do that once right nobody's gonna <laughs> they can't do that with other characters so um so you know let's hope they used it on the right one yeah i i mean I'm looking forward to it more because of the people involved with it, you know, the cast and and things of that nature than I am with what the trailer gave me. I know basically nothing about these characters and the trailer certainly didn't 
answer any of those questions. But unlike Guardians of the Galaxy, which I, I was sim- in a similar boat where I really didn't know anything about those characters, that trailer at least was stylized in a way that got me excited. This just kind of, I don't know, I feel very flat about it. And you're not alone. The, almost the entirety of the internet seems to feel that way, unfortunately. It's very weird for a Marvel movie. Yeah. So, you know, I'm still going to see it, right? Like, that's, you know, not, there's no question about that. And like I said, I'm looking forward to the cast, but so far I'm not like jazzed. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I, I mean, I, you know, me saying these things doesn't mean I'm not going to go see it or I'm not excited for it. It's just this trailer didn't really do anything to get me more pumped up for it than I was before the trailer so what about you ray okay so i i'm totally into this uh for a few different reasons first and foremost like gods are just on my my radar uh to me mythology and i i guess mythology is just you know old religion and whatnot it fascinates me a lot so I have um, a huge interest in that. Also, uh, I do know quite a bit about the Eternals and I know uh, a decent bit about the background of it. And I, I love the characters. So I think this is going to be really cool. Uh, I am happy to do like a Ray explains the Eternals at some point if anybody is interested in that. And if not, that's totally cool too. But uh, basically they are uh, create creations of celestials, the brothers and sisters of ego. And um they're they're god level kind of characters here like they're they're centuries millennia even old and i i I don't know i'm just really excited for it i i love magic and myth and this one is my favorite uh the cast is also incredibly wonderful and diverse like Salma Hayek has been nominated for an Oscar. Angelina Jolie has won an Oscar. Kumail uh, Nanjani was nominated for an Oscar. So this cast is just insane. It's the most diverse cast we've seen in Marvel so far. Yeah, well, there you go. That's good stuff. Yeah. So that comes out in November. So I, I assume based on Shang-Chi that it will also be a straight to theater, theater only, no Disney plus premiere access kind of situation. I would be I would be shocked if that wasn't the case. I mean, maybe if the next few movies bomb, you know, that skip streaming, then they'll backtrack. But there you go. What else? Anything else? Right. Oh my God. I had something else. Like my <laughs> mind's completely blank because I'm sitting here trying not to yell at you guys for not liking the Eternals. Um, Whoa, nobody said we don't like the Eternals. I no, just no, said it wasn't a fine. great trailer I'm for just, me. I It's fine. How many times have we seen trailers that have not been a good representation of the movie? For good, it better, or worse. It happens for almost every <laughs> film, to be honest. Like, 
you know look i'd rather have this be the case where i'm not super excited for the trailer and then the movie blows me away than being really excited because of the trailer and then the movie being completely misrepresented because that happens oh yeah it does so you know or trailers that give away the entire freaking movie you know like at least we can't say that here it's true no no you cannot that was me stalling a bit did you figure out what you want no i didn't so let's just move on let's talk (laughs) army of the dead because i have a ton of stuff to say about army of the dead all right i'll do army of the dead so okay so this is your spoiler warning then for army of the dead available now on netflix do you want to take a break do we need to take a break or like what do you want to do sure let's do that we'll we'll, no we'll do that we will take a short break and when we come back from our break we will be discussing army of the dead so that's your spoiler warning we will be right back lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we are back. Let's do this. Let's talk Army of the Dead. So it sounds like you both have a lot to say. Where would you like to start? Well, we open with just a really fun scene. Like the taking the whole like payload, the army thing. Like I love that uh, a... uh, a, a blowjob is responsible for the zombie apocalypse. I, I do too. I just want to say though that the opening credits were um, were we shouldn't skip over that because that's probably the best part of the whole movie. Um, Zack so Snyder, good. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's the best for opening credits out there right now. Period. I mean, the that's dude about is the so good at opening montages, like yeah. the first. Five minutes of all of his films are insanely <laughs> good. Yes. Every time. Like and it's just... almost always disappointing after that. But yeah. <laughs> it's not always like a steep downhill. No, that's but... true. This one's this one's pretty steep, but it's it's tough for me to say, like, I don't know which one is my favorite of his opening credit sequences, because yeah, they are really good. I mean, and... truly, I feel like it's gotta be Watchmen. Watchmen, right? Yeah. Like, right? Like those opening credits could be a movie all by itself. And I, they really really I mean, there's so much in there, so many Easter eggs in there, and the song is phenomenal. But this one was really good. It was, it was really, good, yeah. really good. You know, like I would really like to see maybe maybe Zack Snyder would be phenomenal if he did short film, like short format for a while. And he and, didn't write them. And, well, I mean, he wrote the opening here. Yeah, but there's no no real monologue there. Or no, no, oh, you mean no, from no, a dialogue I, perspective? Yeah, dialogue. Yeah. I sorry. Don't... Sorry. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. But like, I just think that from a from a directorial standpoint, or from a cinematography standpoint, if he just did like five to 15 minute stories i think he could be really really good at that probably yeah but then then they wouldn't have four hour alternate versions 
Or maybe they still wanted. On the on the flip side, this man also makes the longest movies we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, which by the way, did you did you hear that there's now the the cast uh from Sucker Punch is pushing for the director's cut? I'm really okay with that never coming out. Yeah. I bet it it doesn't happen. (laughs) Probably a good bet. Sucker Punch is it's no matter who you talk to, whether they like it or not, they usually can admit that just it's not a good movie. There's good aspects of it, but not it. It's just not good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, opening credits were amazing. Uh, the cause of the zombie outbreak. It's certainly a unique take on causing the outbreak for a change. You know, I kind of like that. Pretty much everybody is just kind of settled into the same same story so at least this was a little different this was the pro this was the first of my problems with the movie though right away what this the how how this all came that, to be that there was like a super zombie in a cage not not that specifically but the okay so first of all if if some civilian sedan drives into the front of a military convoy it's not gonna blow up <laughs> the entire convoy okay that sedan is going to be destroyed. That vehicle, <laughs> that, that military vehicle might be damaged. It's probably still going to be able to drive. It's certainly not going to explode. All right. Then immediately after that, when the payload is just sitting there and then the door falls open, everybody's like, oh, maybe we should all just like walk up to this thing that we don't know what it is. At least they had their guns out. They had their That's guns true. out, but apparently none of them thought maybe I should shoot this thing that dives out in the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so tired of people having to explain in zombie movies that they go for the head, especially one that is set in real time. And, you know, we have had rednecks, you know, create these bomb shelter arsenals for a situation like this. And uh, they like people are stockpiling in America for shit like this they know headshots do it so can we just stop explaining that i did i did like the conversation of the two guys in the front of the convoy you know where the guy like didn't want to say aliens i just thought that was a little funny but then yeah if if that's your payload because somebody knows what's in there right obviously the drivers don't know but somebody knows what's in that thing why wouldn't you like I don't know, strap it to a helicopter where have air support at all. Oh, yeah. Okay. Any, yeah. I mean, that's fair, but like, it just seemed, um, it seemed fairly unprotected for such a dangerous thing. I don't know much about the military, especially our military. I know we have certain branches and I know we treat our vets very poorly, but and that's about it. So like, maybe they don't always make the best decisions. Like, I I really don't know. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. They make a real bad decision right after this when they're like, okay, everybody get away as fast as you can from this thing. Then the two surviving guys are like, okay, we've got like four fully operational military vehicles here, but let's walk over this way. Off into the sunset. Off into the darkness. (laughs) So that we can do a reference to some, uh, I can't remember the name of the movie, some werewolf movie. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it was incredibly dumb. It was. This whole There's... movie was dumb decisions from every yeah. single person. That That's the only way this movie could work. And even then it doesn't. 
So it, it is it is almost just consistent dumb decisions. But mm-hmm. every once in a while they're capped off by something cool, like, you know, the tearing the dude's jaw off was a cool horror moment. Does that make up for all the stupidity leading up to it? Probably not. Did you guys see the two uh alien spaceships or whatever in the in the beginning there? Um, when they're first leaving like area 51 and like all the convoy vehicles are driving by there's like two lights in the sky that like fly away real fast uh, they like fo- like they're sitting there for a minute and then they fly away real fast i missed that okay. yeah so there's like okay there's a whole there's... lot of plot points in this movie and i'm sure we'll get to it that aren't ever actually plot points there's, there's little... so many freaking things going on here and by the way i just want so everyone's aware they've already greenlit a prequel anime that's supposed to focus on the zombie wars which is what we well at least part of what we were seeing in the opening montage but there's also like multiple sequels and like side stories possibly planned and like it's this is such a weird off the rails project already yeah and i'm just gonna say overall like taking this whole movie into account i really like the world building ideas of this movie i think that there's some really cool stuff and i'm sure we'll get into some of the theories about it later but there's some really cool stuff kind of hinted at and the way like the hierarchy of the zombies and things like that works, I think is really cool. But that whole concept is, is not fulfilled, unfortunately, like all these ideas are really cool. And then the movie was a disappointing version of those. So let's just like get it out there. Zack Snyder introduced the blue eyed robot zombies (laughs) and that goes nowhere that we get zero explanation for. So, you know, I was unaware that he had already confirmed robot zombies were in the movie and that's, that's fine. So like, well, they might be aliens. He said too. Right. Exactly. And I'm okay with him not revealing this right now. My problem is that it, it's a little confusing because most of the time they happen uh, when you see them in the casino. So it could mm-hmm. just be weird lights. And well, there is one in the that's... scene at the zombie headquarters when the, the king and queen meet or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Sorry. The fact that you just said zombie headquarters <laughs> like it's fucking Google. Yeah, <laughs> Mount Olympus where Zeus lives because he's not heavy handed at all. Zack Snyder. His, never uh, he's he's one of okay, our so, more subtle directors of yes. the time okay here's but, but, the thing on. like <laughs> he said it in vegas and i'm not quite sure he could have picked a hotel or building or something on the strip that somebody wouldn't have been like oh my god what does this mean like the rio th- he could have picked the damn rio Nobody well, why would you have Zeus at the Rio? That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. But in that scene, though, you know the scene that I'm talking about. One of the zombies in that shot has these bright blue eyes. And I yeah. kept looking at him, and it was really distracting because in my head, I'm like, is this like a mistake that happened in post for some reason that somebody missed or what? And then later in the casino, like you're talking about, and they bust the dude's head open, it's like a freaking robot. Yeah, you like, literally <laughs> see like a Terminator uh, like endoskeleton underneath. <laughs> Like, like, look, I'm not saying that this, like, this is a, this is a zombie movie, right? But it still did some things that I have no freaking clue what was going on. Yeah. And so I, I got into a discussion slash argument earlier with somebody about this that watched the movie and really loved it. So kudos to them. They really loved it, but they were, they, their argument was that we don't need to have all these things explained. And I'm, I, 
I think that you have to have robot zombies explained, okay? <laughs> I, I don't think I'm out of line thinking that. Like, this is not a small plot point, right? It's a ro- It's a zombie movie where there's like a do- half dozen zombies that we see that are also robots or aliens or something. I don't think you can just ignore that and move on. Right. We, you don't have to explain why they're smart zombies. That's just part of the universe. That doesn't need an explanation in this story. But yeah, the giant glow, like the bright glowing eyes, we need an explanation. And for metal endoskeleton, <laughs> yeah. I need, need an explanation. <laughs> I completely agree. Now, I definitely... Like there, there are rules, right? There are rules to horror films. Horror films follow rules more than any other. Was this a horror film, though? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it it, it is absolutely the gore level. Yeah. Um, but the fact that like Zack Snyder continuously breaks rules is always very divisive because he does so in such a weird way that yes, I do think you have to explain aliens or uh, robot zombies like that. (laughs) That has to have something explained. (sighs) Now the fact that we are getting it in some form either a sequel or a prequel is enough for me i'm satisfied with the fact that like i didn't get it explained to me right now but uh, i do want it explained to me and if i have to like go to his house knock on his door and be like (laughs) why zach then that's what i'll do you know See, in South up. Park, Stan went to uh, Mel Gibson's house and got his money back for Passion of the Christ. It's a bad movie, guys. It's See, not I, good. I brought up on the podcast before that I don't like it when I have to go watch some other form of media to explain something in this movie. This movie yes. should have, I mean, bigger questions that are very subtle plot points maybe would be okay. But like this is in your face. Throughout no, you're the, absolutely throughout right. So that's a problem for me that I have to now go watch the anime prequel to understand why there was something in this other kind of crappy movie that I watched, you know? That's totally fine. I get get that. That's a fair opinion. Well, especially when the world that we're presented with starts off as just our normal world. It's not more than that. It's not like yeah. we're in some like cyberpunk distant future Blade Runner style where there's who knows what walking around. This is supposed to be relatively modern day. Yeah. Right. You know, so there's expectations right there. And I hesitate even to call them rules. There's just basic expectations of the setting that the movie is in. Yeah. You know, I also wouldn't have expected like a rhino to be walking down the street either, you know, because there just wouldn't be one. So it it was weird. Super, super weird. Yeah. So my next big problem with the movie. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I've been doing this the whole time. Is this prioritized? I'm going kind of in order that the problems presented themselves that I remember. And maybe you guys will remind me of some other ones throughout that. But the, the entire premise that this one zombie got out, ran to Las Vegas. And started biting people and that the government realized this was happening and was able to contain all of these people while they built a giant wall of shipping containers mm-hmm. that for some reason these super zombies can't climb even though they know how to operate elevators and ride horses uh they had enough time to build this entire thing around the city before any and nobody else escaped anywhere no zombies got out anywhere else in the world. We know the zo- that the government never moves that fast. 
especially to build walls. Right. So I have two thoughts. One is it's ridiculous that no zombies got out. I agree a hundred percent. I think they tried to say, and I'm not saying that, that they succeeded in doing this, but I think they tried to say that the smart zombies, whatever we're calling them, didn't want to leave alphas. It, the alphas, alphas. Thank you. The alphas didn't want to leave. They were making this their territory, their kingdom. But how do they, we know that? How do they know that? Are they communicating with this this thing? Like, I think we're coyote. supposed to believe that they are. They also but, put a survivor camp literally right outside the wall. So yeah. if the zombies did decide to leave, then they can immediately kill everybody outside there. Why it was so close? Like literally, like one of the walls of the camp is the wall to the city. Yeah, that makes no sense to me, considering that like it's the vast desert. They could have at least moved it like a, a football field away without any problems. Mm-hmm. Could they that, have made that's shades weird. any more rapey? Either like that guy is like you knew right away that this dude is like he's doing things that he should definitely <laughs> not be doing, and that's that's definitely like confirmed later. Yeah. He's a great actor. I had to I had to Google where where I knew him from. Me too. Because I knew I was like I know this guy. <laughs> Me where too. Is he from? And I was like, oh, Luke Cage. Okay, I remember now because he was great in Luke Cage, and he was a very like multi dimensional character in that show. There was a lot of really cool stuff they did with him. And then in this, it's like he literally just plays the most unlikable guy that you could possibly imagine. Here's here's what I want like. I, I know nobody's going to hear this. I know it's just going to fall into the ether, but I want a few years of content to go by where men just say like, you know what? I'm not going to play a rapist anymore. <laughs> like, can we just have two years worth of content? Danny where, Trejo did it. He, like was I, like, he, he played a rapist like in his first role. And then he was like, I'm not doing that anymore. And I don't yeah. think he's done it. So- well, I guess Con Air. Maybe after Con Air, he stopped doing it. I remember reading an article that he like refused yeah. to play that kind of a character anymore. <laughs> there are some actors that have just put their foot down. And I'm not saying that it's not an important topic that needs to be addressed or ever in uh, <coughs> fiction again. Because it, it, I, I get it. it. It definitely does. But the thing is... Uh, like can we just go a while like it, it may i feel like it sets a bad standard for actors too like now theo rossi who i've seen in three different things now like he only i only consider him like a creepy kind of guy and which is a shame because he was really great in luke cage here's, he here's still what play, played uh played a creep he was just different yeah. but he had a lot of there was a lot of layers to what he was doing and there absolutely show. was this kind of trope like the the mechanism that he's used for in this has started to come off to me as like a small scale version of like let's just make the bad guys nazis because it's easy because he it's there's there's no reason to protect that person or to side with that person right so what you, you they made this guy a horrible piece of shit so when they sacrifice him everyone's like oh yeah that's fine nobody questions it nobody really has a problem with it because we know how horrible he is just like how if you just make the bad guys nazis it's fine kill that's, all the nazis yeah it's, it's like a shortcut making the i i feel like cops need to be accurate represented in 
TV shows, we shouldn't have them always be like the heroes and do the good deed, but they don't all need to be a rapist. Like, I just don't want to see rapists anymore on TV for a well, while. Well, there's ways I to make to people see... bad without it being rape, right? I, yeah, I agree. absolutely. I, I just meant that it's, it. I mean it more as an, as an insult to the mechanism. It yeah. is the easiest way out, is what I, I mean. I think we both understand that. I was yeah. trying to slight what you were saying. Okay. So you, you, you think that the zombies just want to hang out in Las Vegas and don't want to ever go out of there? I'm not saying like ever, but they definitely were positioning it as this is their home. This is their kingdom. I think they use that word. And so I think they just have no interest in leaving right now, or maybe they're smart enough to know there's nothing else around because it's in the middle of the desert. Well, it's uh, like to build on top of that, it's probably more of a stronghold situation where, you know, you get enough of a an army and what do armies do what do kingdoms do after that they expand you know we've had thousands of years of colonialism so uh at this juncture like the whole zombies motives is to protect this baby (laughs) okay yeah so kudos kudos uh, to zeus for clapping cheeks in there at least we know his semen still works and uh, <laughs> so they're protecting it. So I imagine that once the baby was born or forcibly removed or whatever, they were going to, you know, expand because after this, you you take over it. Also, like they eventually run out of a food source. So do they like, though? I mean, it seems unclear that they need a food source. That's another part of a problem with just zombie movies in general is do they need anything to survive? And like, I do like this movie did two things that I thought was a cool way to expand on zombie mythology. And that was the ones that have dried out in the heat will turn, come back to quote undead life when it rains. I thought that was a really cool idea and could have made for a very good horror scene if they had actually shown us instead of told us. Uh, And then the, hibernation kind of sleep mode that they go into, which I'm assuming is intended to like lower their energy consumption. But again, do they need to eat? So that might just muddy the waters. Yeah. But okay. Well, two things. One, let's do this. The fact, the fact that they said they come back to life when they're raining immediately. I went, it's going to rain by the end of the movie. And it did not. So that's another plot point similar to the, like the robot zombies that like, I like why even bring that up then? Yeah. Um, so the, then the other thing, so w- whether they, eat I would have loved to see that by the way, like just too. It been awesome. Maybe they do or something. Use the saw for that would have been cool. Um, but, <laughs> right? um, so, okay. This is jumping ahead a little bit, but it's kind of relevant to this. So when they're like trying to trigger the traps and they keep like trying to get the zombies to go out there, but they keep turning on them. So they microwave, they find a microwave somewhere and microwave a zombie hand. And throw that out there, and the zombie goes after it because it's warm. Okay, so we know that zombies like warm flesh, right? That's kind of what that establishes. So they're in the middle of the desert. Presumably, it gets hot (laughs) during the day in the desert, and you have a bunch of zombies made of flesh that they've just shown they'll eat zombie flesh. Why are they all just eating each other? If this clearly attract because that establishes something that's never, t- you know what I mean? Was that a zombie's hand? Yes. It was yes. clearly like rotten and gross when they put it in the microwave. Well, it was mm-hmm. rotting, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was from a zombie. It could just have been a dead guy's hand. Okay. 
Well, because zombies have never been shown to eat each other. They always seem to just inherently know who the other zombies are. That's just like a trope of the genre. So, I so we're just felt like it was smell, like because you know, in Walking Dead, it's smell. If you smell dead, they will not bother you. They do that in the first season. Uh, Glenn and Rick cover themselves in guts. zombie guts and gross. they they talk about it it's a very gross scene but it's also very effective and i haven't seen anybody really use that since the walking dead has used it several times there's a whole group that's called the whispers that wears like zombie they take the zombies yeah. faces off and make them into masks and then smear the guts on themselves and they walk with the zombies and lead them places um, it was uh why michonne carried her brother and her boyfriend around as uh like you know pets because the, the smell so i i had thought that prior to seeing walking dead i i just figure like zombies can tell dead between alive based on smell and that's it right. Sure. Because like they, mean, their eyes are usually glossed over, they're cataractic. It just see. it just seemed like unlikely to me that that he went and searched out a non-zombie corpse in the middle of this zombie place. I can't that, imagine that he found one. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like the whole city is zombies. So unless he went to somebody in his group that had died earlier, that hadn't been, but everybody turned turned into zombies. It's yeah. that's that's a huge stretch. Is all I'm saying. That's it was fine. a stupid plot point that was played for laughs. <laughs> And sure. I get it that it was funny or cute or whatever. Why didn't they just throw a zombie body onto the traps? That's what I, I was going to just say. They, I thought it was dumb to try too. and get a zombie to walk anyway. But then you get the scene. But the movie's already bloated. That was my thing. Is like It's already, what, two and a half hours? Two, four, yeah. 240, something like that? Two and a half. You could have cut out 30 minutes of this movie. It, it didn't even need to be the slow-mo because everybody likes to heart up on Zack Snyder's slow-mo. I didn't think it was overused in this movie. But there was a lot of things you could have easily cut out. and. Yeah. You know. Or just replaced with better explanation of the other shit that got dropped around in the movie. Sure. But I mean, everybody but, uh, complains about the length of his movies. So, yeah, you know, they fine. could have cut a lot of stuff out and it would have been fine. Anyway, that's just to touch on your thing about them eating and stuff. I thought that was kind of silly that, you know, in this one case, they'll go for a zombie hand. But when they're walking around in the heat of the desert, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely. I'm with you there. Okay, so we can move on to another big problem I had with this movie. <laughs> this is not plot related. So, and this is this is more about the way it was shot. Uh, this dream, like this weird depth of field that he was using with this, that was very it's similar to the what he did in the nightmare scenes in BVS mm -hmm. um, and Justice League. But everything was so blurry. It was so blurry and it was distracting and I hated it. I absolutely hate it. I loved Zack Snyder's visuals, hated what he did with this movie with that. It was so irritating. So it drove me nuts. It did get used less as the movie progressed, but I mean, and again, like the, the, one of the problems with the way he shoots is that the explanation is always something very technical that doesn't matter to the average viewer. And right. this had to do with the special, it was very, very specific camera and lens that he was using to shoot these things. And the reality of it is, is that they exacerbated the effect in post to help with the insertion of Tig Notaro. Yeah. But even on scenes where she wasn't there, it was just like super Absolutely. blurry and lame. Yeah. A hundred percent. It Absolutely. bothered me so much. It, it was frustrating to watch. It was like, 
lens flare on steroids. It actually was like made me question why I like Zack Snyder because it, like <laughs> if this is what that. his movies going forward are like because he said in that interview where he talks about that specific lens he said that he would continue to use it as much as he can because he loves it and if that's the case man I'm gonna be out I can't like it was maybe, not maybe it good. wouldn't be that bad if the Tignataro situation hadn't happened so for those who don't know Tignataro replaced a completely different actor in the movie all of her shots were done completely solo in reshoots on her own on green screen and she was inserted into the movie to I just replace somebody. shared a picture in our little group chat of the original promo photo of the whole cast and Chris D'Elia of course is in it as mm-hmm. the fighter pilot and so, you know, one of the explanations you know, that, that Zach had is that they had purposefully, you know, blurred things a little extra to make her fit in more. And my thought is maybe that just was across the film. So it seemed consistent, at least whether you liked it or not, it was at least consistent. And, you know, like I said earlier, I feel like it's done less as the movie progresses. So I don't know how that would really play into it. But there were several shots, though, like indoor shots that weren't that blurry that she's in that looked fine. So I don't know. It's a very weird, it's a very strangely shot movie. And he does have cinematographer credit on this film. He's not just the director. He's also um, director of cinematography. So. Yeah. Very confusing. There was also some scenes. The main one that pops into my mind that I had an issue with was the scene where Dave Batista and his daughter are talking while he's filling the generator. It felt like maybe this was a scene that was filmed like after the COVID lockdowns had happened because you never saw the two of them in the same shot. It was Mm -hmm. him talking and then her talking and then him talking and then her talking. And it looked like he wasn't even looking where she was. Like he looked like he was looking above her head. It was maybe I'm reading too much into that or being too picky, but that that's, there was a couple times like that that really bothered me. And, I, and, you know, maybe they were doing the best they could with the COVID lockdowns and things like that. But I don't know. That was rough. And usually his like styles when it comes to intimate conversations like that aren't a problem for him. For some reason on this one, it really was. Ray, what do you think? Any thoughts on any of that? I really didn't care about either to be completely honest i thought that the blurred look to some things um actually fit with the kind of desert aesthetic um because i always hated that in movies where it would go from blurry to clear when they did desert stuff and that that kind of always bothered me so the fact that like the outside was just always a little off was i i thought it fit but um and then i really don't care they they managed to make a movie during covid and this it, it like to me this movie was not a great film it brought some new things to the zombie world um zach snyder pretty much repeated his greatest hits and brought in like some the most uh paradoxical characters that i've ever seen like there's a chunk that were amazing and a chunk that were horrible (laughs) so like i just had fun while watching it and i didn't expect to have fun while watching it but 
yeah, I, I had a good time watching it too. Like it's a zombie movie, so I, I'm not really expecting it to be anything like truly special. Uh, so I'd seen his remake of, of uh, Dawn of the Dead. Is that what sure. it was? Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was a really, really. I mean, Absolutely. I would I would watch that movie ten times instead of watching this movie once. Sure, I, I, it was so I would much too. better. It Not absolutely was, which is why I completely, you know, believe he repeated himself so much on purpose. I think the things I liked about this movie were just the things that were different, right? It was in a in like a post apocalyptic Las Vegas, which I'm, is a cool setting for me. You know, I like the idea of the smart zombies, you know, in general, and I like Dave. I, I do. I, I I like him, and I want to see him in more lead type roles. So that was really nice. But yeah, Dawn of the Dead's a better movie. Yeah, that's why why my expectations were higher for this movie, I think is what it comes down to, because I really liked that movie. It was one of, for me, the one of the best, if not the best zombie movie, other than like maybe Shaun of the Dead, which is more of a parody, but uh, of our like generation, it was it was really well done. Yeah, that Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland are my top three in some order. Yeah, you know, um, but. You know, I, I think this movie did do some things well. I do like the makeup work on uh, the zombies, especially the smart zombies, the alphas. I thought the the queen just looked awesome. I thought she that, was yeah. super those were cool. Fractured, shout out to Fractured FX that did those. They uh, they were the same group that did Swamp Thing, the TV show oh, Swamp nice. Thing. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, HBO yeah, they Max. did a great job. Yeah, she, I, I thought the queen just was phenomenal looking the whole time. She was super super cool. Uh, yeah, even when her head was cut off, I thought it worked well. I thought they handled all of that stuff really well. So I know that the budget was probably strained between the COVID restrictions and then having to add Tig Notaro in on top of it. I know that couldn't have been easy for them, but I thought most of the special effects still held up pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, there was a couple of shots with Tig that were, but the, the main one that pops into my mind is when they first enter the, uh, the like Las Vegas area and they're coming through the shipping container or whatever. It's really bad. When, where she's at like you can tell it's, it almost looks copy pasted on there um, but that was really the only one that stood out to me where it was really terrible um everything else you know they did a pretty decent job there there was a lot of like you could tell the the lines were dubbed of she over he or like you know him over her or her over him or things like that um but most of it was handled pretty well i don't think anybody going into it would have been like oh that's not the original actor Mm-hmm. if they didn't know going into it you know that's kind of my thought and you know something like this at least to my memory has never really been done before where another actor completely replaced another digitally like that so i do commend them because i think for a first attempt it's pretty damn good mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um so let's see what are what are some other, well, other aspects I, i'd like to I, point out the characters I liked and the characters I didn't and uh okay so on my good side I've got uh Van Dieter Chambers Guzman and Tig's character who uh went by Peters that's my that's the good ones and then the bad ones are everybody else (laughs) And they're not bad actors. I'm not saying that, but oh, like coyotes on the good side, but they're just bad characters. And the mix between all of them is 
hilarious. It's like taking Wagyu beef and covering it in ketchup. Like it's, it's so fucking funny. It's like gummy worms on a souffle. Like it just, it, the mixture is just ridiculous. Yeah, I think I feel the same way, except more as a negative rather than a positive. I mean, I couldn't really tell if you were being positive about it or not with that. Like, I'm treating but, this like it's going to end up being um, a cult film or something. Like, like, Rocky Horror is not a good film, but... It's so bad. It's a great film now. Like, it's a fun film. You know, you don't go because of its ability to, like, move you emotionally. You go because you're going to have a good time. And, like, I I just had a good time watching this because it was so outlandish and silly. And, like, that's... Whereas Dawn of the Dead, it's a good movie. This movie does have the advantage of the other projects tied to it. So it could end up in a position where people are watching it because the anime is fantastic or, mm-hmm. you know, this, there's a companion film that's really good or something like that. And then people end up watching it because it's connected to the rest of the universe, you know, and it's, it becomes like an Iron Man two or a Thor of the dark world of its own franchise, you know? Right. Well, this is probably a good time to bring this up. There is a theory going around, and I don't know if you guys have seen this about this movie that would make it almost must rewatch um, a, the time loop theory for this movie. I love that. So they do talk about it in the film, and I thought it was super freaking cool. And then they just dropped. <laughs> but it goes deeper than that. <laughs> it does. If you look, if you look at the, some of the Twitter threads and things, when they look at the corpses that are there. Some of the things that they're wearing actually match the things that like there's one that is wearing like the same red collar piece that Dave Bautista's character is wearing. There's another one that's wearing the key necklace that another character is wearing. And you see when they go into the vault, there's three AK-47s already in there, which is the same gun that one one of the other guys carries. So it makes (laughs) it seem like this is the fourth loop in this, Um, which I thought was really that that would change the movie for me. A little bit. I would be able to forgive more things if they were setting up this to be a time loop movie without like being super on the nose about it more than they were. You know, like Groundhog Day, it's set up early time loop movie. Um, you know, what's the Palm Springs time loop movie? It's the whole premise. This one, they didn't come out. This was supposed to be a zombie heist movie. If it turns out to be that this is that as a facade for a time loop series of movies. That would change this movie for me, I think, because there's and and I don't put it past past Zack Snyder putting things like this into his movie. So people will talk about it later because he's really good about that. But um, the the evidence pointing to that is pretty interesting to me. And the report saying that Dave Bautista is going to be in the sequel is interesting Mm -hmm. because he obviously if you watch the movie, you know, (laughs) he doesn't his is he doesn't end well. Right. I just so so here's the thing for people who listen to the show i love time travel stories even bad ones i love time travel stories and i'm having a hard time making it make sense here because nothing nothing happens at the end of the movie that resets anybody it just continues on so when does the reset occur because kate just walks off 
to the to that uh, rescue helicopter and that you know and then we cut to uh to to van you know and the movie just goes on and on so we th- like the reset never occurs it's never hinted at when it occurs it's because this isn't a time loop movie if this is it, it's not presented in your face as a time loop movie this right. is not so that what that what my assumption would be is that if that's what he's setting up then in the sequel it will show when this happens and that will be set up as the time loop movie this was like a, a precursor to, this was actually like a prequel to set up what is actually happening he kind of did some similar things with like um man of steel and batman v super superman where like the consequences from one movie started to make more sense in the second you know what That's i mean true. like in man of steel everybody was like he just destroyed a city there's no consequences then bbs came out and it was like oh shit there were a lot of consequences um and so so you know it wouldn't surprise me if he was doing something like this it also it lends a little bit of i don't know it gives me a little more flexibility on the what should have been a post-credit scene the scene with um what's the dude van van Van. the scene with him coming out because we never see him get bit right the theory is that that is actually an alternate version of what happened because he that's gets not bit. the van we saw. That's a different right. van. Okay. Yes, because he gets bit at some point. We never saw that in the movie. Then he survives in the vault for however long, walks through the desert, managing to carry millions of dollars, buys a private jet, goes for flying on this private jet for who knows how long before it reveals that he's been bit. And then it's assumed he starts turning. Whereas like Dave Bautista's character and all the other characters that we've seen have turned w- with fairly quickly. So, yeah, it lends, I don't know, it lends a little bit more to that scene if you take that as an alternate, you know, and maybe that won't ever pan out. Based on what we're given in this movie, I thought that that scene was stupid because we're not shown that somebody can survive for that long with, like, by after being bit and not turn. But if it turns out to be that, kind of like Rachel, when you said that Man of Steel would be better for you if, if that BVS you know showed that there was consequences for that destruction and it wasn't just wanton disregard it's kind of like that for me with this if this turns out to be you know them setting up that time loop movie then that will change my opinion of this movie a good amount i know i'm talking a lot but i'm just kind of excited by the fact that that might be a thing because i like time loop so, movies too. yeah I mean, we only the only person we see other than Van, obviously, the the only person we actually see get bit and then also see turn, not die, turn is Dave is is Scott Ward's character. Everybody else who gets bit either dies or we don't get to see what happens like with the coyote. So maybe Scott Ward turns really fast because he was bit by the original guy. He was bit by the king. He wasn't. Was it Van? Van was bit by Zeus too. We don't know, right? Because we didn't actually see it. He's the only one that we see him interact with, really up close and personal. So, the, yeah, that's just an assumption, right? But but we we don't know. He could have gotten bit during some other fight somewhere or something. I mean, I, we don't really know when yep. that happens because he doesn't even know that it happened, right? He's surprised when he sees it. Uh, now, of course, he's been walking for who knows how long and all this other stuff. So we don't really know how much time elapses between him getting out of the vault and him finding out that he's been bit. But I find it unlikely that he didn't like notice that at some point <laughs> between those right. two times. Because <laughs> it's like it's on his arm. Like it's like right. Like he, I don't know. I just that was a little frustrating 
to me. Like I was okay with him getting away. I was okay with getting past the nuke and, and all that nonsense and just having him like fly off into the sun sunset. I was kind of cool with that. And then they ruined it. So yeah. you're, if it turns out to be some ridiculous, crazy time loop thing, then I'm still on board. I still want to see what's happening. And I would probably see a sequel anyway, because I like zombie movies and I like Dave Bautista and I like Zack Snyder, but that would at least have me intrigued. Yeah, I agree. What do you Ray, think do you- about that, Rachel? It's fine. Like, this is fine. <laughs> you don't care? <laughs> no, I don't. This is going well. Fair enough. Fair enough. The the time loop thing is weird. And I don't I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I, I would be really cool if it was a time loop. It's just the yeah, I, I don't like, know. I am not putting a lot of stock in that as much as others are, uh or maybe even Snyder is, because the entire movie, Van's character is waxing poetic about certain situations and things so you know that is his character and i uh i i just thought that it worked that's fair i mean it definitely slides right in right like if anybody else had said it i think it would have been weird but i thought that scene worked really well in the moment but then yeah it just kind of gets dropped later um i do like the van and Dieter relationship in the movie it's probably my favorite interactions mm-hmm. throughout the film i thought the two of them did a really good job together Dieter, as a character i liked but he kind of it kind of bothered me that like they went to this mom and pop shop you know lock picking shop and they found the guy that can crack the, the most like hardcore safe in the world and you know i don't know it was a little weird i they do just, appreciate like, the best locksmith in the city or something and they're like no oh, we that- got him that woman already knew him. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she, yeah, it's just weird that she that said that right she there. had worked with him before. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And um, but he all he did had to do say, was the stethoscope and like the. I mean. Well, I mean, he did say that he wasn't sure if he could do it or not. Mm-hmm. I just found it a little weird that like the method of unlocking this thing is like every other heist movie that's ever been made, where you just listen for a click on each thing. You know what I mean? You would think this world caliber, like the the most impressive safe mechanism to ever be built in the world would have a safeguard of some kind. Also, why didn't they just have the combination? It was that guy's safe, right? Tanaka, it was his safe. So the combination. I did have a huge problem with that, but there's one throwaway line that kind of solves it. Kind. And I say kind of because it still leaves a different problem, but apparently it auto resets the combination every 24 hours so every 24 hours it's a different combination now my question would just be then so that explains why he doesn't have the current combination but in a normal world where there's no zombies how would you know what the combination, what the combination is, is? Yeah. does it like print out on a little sheet of paper every day and you office? just have to make sure you're there right at the 24 hour mark or somebody else is going to get it i don't know that that didn't quite work for me uh, in like a non-zombie world, it does explain it in the context of the movie, though. Yeah, for what that's worth. What did you guys think of the soundtrack? What did you think when "Zombie" by the Cranberries started playing? Right? I, like I said, I it, Zack Snyder is not subtle, and his soundtracks sometimes really capture the moment 
and sometimes it's just a little too much i didn't like the soundtrack overall but it's about fucking time that the cranberry zombie actually appeared in a zombie movie i feel like it's been long enough (laughs) but here's the thing that song is about two kids that died in a bombing yeah it's about the uh well ireland or ireland yeah sorry yeah yeah. Um, well, it's, it's, a, the IR, it's the IRA bombing in Warrington, Northwest England. Yeah. It's yeah. it not Ireland. So, um, you know, that's, that's the thing. It's like, yes, the, the song uses the word zombie. And I'm pretty sure that's the only reason why Zack Snyder used it. But like the real life things behind that song make it a little weird for them to use that in this context. I don't know. It was... <laughs> considering a nuke just went off like right as they're playing the song well, that's, I think that's why i purpose. thought he used it not necessarily because of it just containing the word zombie but also because it's about war and like mm-hmm. you don't use <clears throat> nukes outside of war that i thought that that worked for me but the, tr- the truth is i i usually like his his soundtrack work i, I know it's heavy-handed i I'm a, i have no problem admitting that but it usually works for me in the context so i don't think this was like his greatest soundtrack ever but i did like it that was the only song that really bothered me truth be told it was about as yeah it was about as subtle as a brick to the face for most of the movie but um most of it i was fine with and i do <laughs> like his soundtrack in other movies too even hallelujah in you know watchmen when they're boning is like okay whatever but he does always need a slow rendition of a song right yeah or like an acoustic version <laughs> right yeah. yeah um but like, so i'm that, a sucker for that stuff though so that works for me yeah that's fair i mean th- that one zombie so- or the cranberry song was the only one that really like stood out as a negative uh to me <laughs> but the rest of it was fine it was yep. pretty typical Zack snyder fair yeah, from a music perspective, like that's that's what you get is you get Zack Snyder, you know, yeah. for that for that one. That was no surprise. Yeah, um, but you know, I I did enjoy it. So speaking of the end of the movie, <laughs> since we're there, the helicopter crash. Right, there's no yeah. way anyone would have survived this. First of all, they weren't strapped in. The only person strapped in was the pilot. Then so she should have been the only one, but she was also shot in her hand previously. And- right. Was it in her hand? I thought it was kind of unclear where she actually got hit. I thought I it was like in her shoulder. It was very unclear until like she lifts up her arm and it's oh, the only... Okay. I must have missed that. But then like, the so the entire like third act is about them going and saving this person, right? The doctor or the, the daughter going to save this person. Then when the helicopter crash happens... She's gone. Where She's is com- she? They don't even show her dead body. She's completely ignored. Yeah, they don't follow up on that at all. It's like we just spent the last 20 minutes dealing with this and it's supposed to be a major plot point. Then she's just not there. Like, did she die? Did she live? What happened? Nobody even acknowledges anything. Like they just ignore this whole plot point. That they spent the last 20 minutes on that was, uh, that was something it, it was sloppy. I think that's my big problem with this movie is that things were just sloppy. I get frustrated in general when characters just continuously do the dumbest trope decision all the time. Like it's okay if you want to have like the one dumb character, right? Cause you just want to fit those horror tropes, but like everybody does the dumb thing. Yeah. 
and it's just so frustrating that that happens when these movies take place in a realistic world, right? So you're telling me that Kate Ward has never seen a horror movie? Forget zombie movie for a minute. Let's say she's never seen a zombie movie. You've never seen a horror movie before? Who's stay Kate with the daughter? Yeah, yeah. yeah. St- stay with the freaking group. She also promises that other chick that if something happens that she'll take care of the kids and then she immediately abandons the kids. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's yeah. that she now has to try and find, I guess, and bust out of wherever they are without with the like, I mean, I don't know, know how much money is in those stacks. I mean, I have no idea what 25 grand. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's very, the whole thing is, is very frustrating. You've got the, the, the security guard who's really more like a double agent who's there for a totally different reason, but he's an asshole the whole time. So you just hope he dies and you're happy and when he dies. Boy, did he die in a great way. <laughs> yeah. But a very predictable way. Like as soon as he said, I hate the tiger, you know, you're like, okay. And he, and me and my girlfriend that were watching the movie with me, she brought it up that anytime anybody in a horror movie says that they hate something, that's how they're going to die. i really wish they would have switched it up and had uh it be the horse because like like, it was it was no i want to see the horse like it horses don't eat people regularly tigers that would be way more terrifying and it's because like it's a zombie horse like give us that like he's scared of this this tiger this whole time give us a horse instead like a zombie horse is pretty cool but like the stuff that he does that security guard does doesn't even make sense most of the time why does he get the first girl killed why because she pissed him off that's it she doesn't trust him Uh that's it because she like okay but like i really dislike that it happened that way and everything but damn was she given like a great scene to go she out was on so cool but, but she I mean, took down so many people and i loved it god no she was reason great why she should have died there because there's like 10 people all standing around where there's four zombies on her and they could have they could have gotten they her were away. just watching her yeah, because they she literally just watched her and she didn't yell out oh that guy just backstabbed us nothing yeah you know, like, they set her up to die three different times. And the time she actually dies is the time when she has the most help around her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's it, unbelievable. Very, very frustrating. That annoyed me. Like if you were going to have was basically her- the Ripley of this movie, like she could, she was the highlight for me. I thought she was yeah. such a badass. I would have loved to see more of her, but yeah, then when you set her out in that, I mean, sure. Blowing up the gas can. You, as soon as you saw him walking with gas cans on their back, you knew somebody, somebody was, was blowing up. <laughs> But that was a cool way, and she did go out of the boom, but there's no reason why she should have died there, right. and that was super fucking no, annoying. No reason. So I, I have to point this out. We're almost at the end of this, and I I have not gotten to do this. There's a ton of overlap between this and Dawn of the Dead in the most ridiculous, ridiculous things. Like, first of all, we get Richard Cheese. That Ooh. man is not used for any soundtracks but he is used for Zack snyder's two zombie films uh we get <laughs> zombie babies twice oh that's true i hadn't thought about that like, yeah. I, I forgot about that it's done in two different ways but we get it we get a person uh blowing up with gas cans yeah. twice well it was twice. a propane tank wasn't it in dawn of the dead it was yeah but you know yeah. same purpose same 
exact kind of method there. Um, we get a giant circular saw. <laughs> Except it gets used in one movie and not a, the other, right? Well, it got used in the opening montage That's it, here, and that was it. Um, we get a daughter watching her dad succumb to zombieism. So, That's like, it, it, it's not... You know, it doesn't take a film student or professor to be like, oh, you know, he puts dad-daughter relationships into a lot of it. Yeah, duh, we know. But he puts dads dying and succumbing to zombieism in <laughs> his movie. So It's just disappointing that this is a backslide from that. You know what I mean? I, In my opinion. I, I think that I he he should have learned and he's it's been a lot of years right he's improved mm -hmm. in a lot of ways it would have been nice to see that growth in this movie and I don't think we got to see that well, part I of me just feels like he wanted Donna the Dead to be pretty amazing because he didn't want to let George Romero down because Donna the Dead and Night of the Living Dead are considered not just two of the best zombie films but two of the best horror films of all time and to do a remake of one of those is intense but you know for this one it really just looked like he wanted to have fun and yeah. i can't say that i wouldn't also do ridiculous shit if somebody was like here's you know 10 million dollars go make a movie that you want to make yeah, I'd probably have a decent amount of fun, especially coming off of a ridiculous, stressful situation like Justice League was for him. Sometimes I think that a, a person can take on too much to mm -hmm. the detriment of a film. And in this particular case, you know, he wrote it, he directed it, he filmed it. He did a lot of the editing work for it. He did a lot of the soundtrack work for it. Like he produced it, you know, uh, like this is, this is as Zack Snyder controlled as you can really get without him, like just doing it in his backyard, you know, uh, with a personal camera. And I think that that can be too much because you can't, there's no way to step back and be objective when you're that deep in the project. It's just not a thing that a person should be able to do. And he's, he's just too deep into it. And some, you know, there are some things that worked. We talked about some stuff that we did like. It's not like complete, utter trash, you know, but I do think that it could have been helped by having some other voices around. So I do want to say, like, I'm looking at her page. The actress that plays Chambers is uh, a... Samantha crazy Lynn. yeah she's a crazy stunt woman mm. and she uh has been in wonder woman and she was in justice league she was in um where is it oh man of steel and uh, so she, also, she, she just works with snyder all the yeah, time she was in amazon in uh, <laughs> uh -huh. in justice league wasn't she or or <laughs> wonder woman and the Mortal Kombat legacy that I absolutely love, uh, she played Katana. Mm. So, like, I I apparently have adored this woman for a few years and never even knew it. <laughs> Stunt people don't get the credit that they deserve. I think we've mentioned that before. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, 
we're way over the hour mark here. Is there anything else about this movie that we did not touch on that you would like to discuss? There's so many things that I still have problems with that we didn't talk about, but I don't want, I could probably bitch about this movie for another hour, honestly, but I think it's better for the internet. Just know that if you're listening to this podcast and you're out there going, why didn't they talk about this huge issue with the movie? I probably have that same issue. I just don't, we, we were, we're out of time. So you can, you can at me on Twitter. We we'll need a spinoff it. podcast called Ryan has issues. Like, <laughs> oh my God. That works on so many levels. I know. That's, that's brilliant, Rachel. We'll get right on it. We'll get right on it. Yeah. Ray, any, anything else that you want to talk about? No, I'm good. Okay. What about well, you, I, Derek? Anything you want to talk about? Well, I guess that's it for the the discussion on Army of the Dead. Uh, if you saw it and you have a different opinion, let us know. If you saw it and you have the same opinion, hey, you can tell us that too. That's that's great too. But we hope you enjoyed our conversation. Uh, so normally, I would say we'll be back next week with topic ABC, but we will not be back next week. I do not know when we will be back because we have decided to take a break. Screen Heroes is going on hiatus for a undetermined amount of time. Um, long story short, uh, at a minimum, I need a bit of a break for some reasons, and we're going to do that. So. I hope that we are back in the not too distant future to talk more movies together and for all of you out there who are listening, if you are listening. So stick with us, stay subscribed. If you are follow us on social media, you know, you can follow us uh, screen heroes.com is all of our social media links. So you can just go there, find all of our pages. You can follow them for updates for when we are coming back and, and things of that nature. You can join our group, the Screen Heroes Podcast Forum on Facebook. Uh, that's still going to be active. We'll still be posting news and memes and polls and having lots of discussions every day in that group. So you can come talk to us there whenever you'd like. We, we implore you to join us. Uh, anything either of you would like to add to that? No, I'm good. You're taking yeah, the break you that you need. It. Okay. All right. Well, then that's it. We are the Screen Heroes podcast. I am Derek. You can find me, well, normally at the Star Trek dude, but I actually just changed my handle recently to my gamer tag, which is Derico Manico. But you can probably still find me on Twitter if you look for Trek Dude. I kept my name there for a little bit. So you can find me there. But you can also just find me in the Screen Heroes group. Let's chat. That's me. Ryan, where can people find you? At Buster Props. And Ray, what about you? Uh, I am at Siren Ray. I am also going to be starting a spinoff podcast called uh, Ray Explains the Eternal slash J-Lo and Ben Affleck News. And it's probably going to be a crossover with Ryan Has Issues at some oh, point. Yeah. So yeah. just be ready for that. Wait till you hear what I have to say about Ben and J-Lo. Woo! Woo! Oh boy. Oh boy. Exciting <laughs> stuff. Juicy. It's juicy. I'm looking forward to it. So much juice. So much juice. Oh my God. <laughs> Why on our like kind of last episode do you guys come up with a really great catchphrase? Like so much juice. So much juice. That'll be our next shirt if we ever come back. That needs to be on a shirt. It needs to be on like everything. I need bumper stickers. I need a onesie that says that. Like you guys are ridiculous. An an adult onesie or for like a child? She needs a children's onesie. Come on, Derek. What do you think? Get your shit together. (laughs) Jesus. I love you guys. Love you too. It's been a good 253 plus episodes talking nerdy bullshit with you. 
I love it. Hopefully this wasn't the last one, but you know, if it was, then it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. I Thank will you. see you both on Friday for D and D. That's right. That's Which right. Which is not live stream, so you can't no. ruin it for us, internet. That's right. <laughs> Thank you all for listening and joining us. We are the Screen Heroes Podcast. We will catch you sometime in the future. <laughs>